have a dream that all men are created equal. you guys now with the sound of this shushu girl G'day everyone, welcome back to your story. I'm Ian Kath, this is episode 39. It's not much to say today, it's only been a few days since I got the last episode out, so we'll just get straight back into it. But a couple of short things, yourstorypodcast.com is where you can find the site. Chat at yourstorypodcast.com if you want to get hold of me, and I do love hearing from you. And uh, I want to make sure I put out a plug for Iota Promenade for that really cool music that's sitting in the background there. And just a quick reminder that I... We do have a Facebook fan page now. Just search for Your Story on Facebook and you'll find it easy enough. I put a few little bits of information up while I'm away in Argentina. I'm going to be putting a few more things up on that if you want to find out what's going on. If you want to get involved in the email newsletter, make sure you send me your email address and I'll make sure that you get on it. I'm going to be sending out a few emails while I'm travelling around Buenos Aires in the next few weeks. So let's get on with the show. I'm on Twitter, as you all know, and uh, my handle on Twitter is twitter.com slash Ian Kath. Really simple. Just remember to spell Kath with a K. Easy. Somebody else who's on Twitter is Patty Beecham. Patty Beecham is a name that I've known for years. And when it turned up on Twitter, I went, hello, I recognize this. So I went digging. And I remember Patty from years ago when she was on the local ABC radio. She was one of those personalities who used to pop up and do all the sorts of things that you'll hear about in a moment. But now she's in a few different things. She's doing a bit of photography and she's doing a living wake thing for people, helping to organise that as well as funeral photography. So we have a bit of a chat about that. Just the living wake idea. After I recorded this episode, I remembered that my neighbour here in this block of units that I live in, several years ago, he was 84-year-old Jack. He was dying and he knew it. Uh, He had some sort of dodgy heart, I can't quite remember what was wrong with him, but he was getting more and more frail as the months were going by and we were watching him slowly slide, and he knew his time was up. And he did something I've never ever seen done before. He actually got all of his friends and family together and they went down to a local hall and they had this huge shindig for him, a big wake, a living wake, and he was there and he thanked everybody and people cried and it was supposed to be a really lovely afternoon for you know, his sons, his grandchildren, and the people who cared for him and loved him. And they all said farewell. And sure enough, about four weeks later, yeah, he died. And uh, But at least everybody had that lovely memory of the living wake. And this is something that Paddy's getting a little bit involved in. And these are the things that she's going to tell us about. Taking funeral photos, living wake, 
And what was it like to be a radio personality? Here's Patty's story. Sixteenth of June, two thousand and nine. Paddy Beecham, aka Paddy Cam. Welcome to your story. Thank you, Ian. I want to talk about a couple of things that I've picked up on just seeing you around Twitter, and they're basically yeah, really simple little points. I know you're an ex-radio producer, radio reporter. Reporter. I thought you're a producer. No. Okay. And I would like to talk about that a little bit, and I'd also like to talk about uh, this little business that you've got. So let's start with the funeral photography. How did you get into that? Well, it's just one of those things that I've grown into. My dad was a priest in the Anglican Church in Rockhampton, so I've kind of grown up in the church and funerals. I've been taking photos at funerals for about 20 years, would you believe? Do people take photos at funerals? Well, I do, Mm. and they pay me to, and I do a good job because it's preserving a memory and archiving a moment in time. And I first started because my father-in-law passed away and my little uh, sister-in-law was in America and she begged me to take photos of his funeral because she wasn't able to be there. Yeah. And I was very embarrassed and very aware of myself. I've never seen people take photos at funerals. No, this is what the yeah. funeral directors tell me too. Yeah, no, yes. at the reception afterwards you often see photos, but not at the actual And that's service. a great time to take your photos, especially if it's an elderly person or something and it's not unexpected, you know, it's... um plan for and so on. Yeah. Everyone's dressed up, everyone's come together, yeah. all, all the families are reunited. And you've kicked into a bit of grog and food and... Yeah. and, and you know that. you've done a good job, yep. you've had but a great send-off, they can all relax. service. No, what I do the service too. And because I've had that upbringing in the church, I know that I need to, I look, I need to look for certain things. Yep. I need to do the blessings and I need to, you know, you've just got to capture that moment. Do people jump into this idea? Do they like it? Most it? have to be talked into it, but mm. they get it. You, there's two people in the world, people that get it and people that don't get it. Do some people see it as a bit macabre? Uh, a lot of people say it's very disrespectful, whereas I see the opposite. I find it's very respectful. It's you're gone, but you're not forgotten. You're still important enough to take a photo. Do you ever take photos of the actual body? So, I have, yes. Um, yeah. Is that on request? Yes. What's the philosophy behind this? What, what, what do you... How do, how do you sell it? How do you, how do you, you know, like, I find it a little bit of a strange concept, so. Yes, a lot of people have that ooh factor, don't they? Mm. Where it's like, it doesn't worry me. I suppose I have that degree of separation. Now, will I photograph my mother's funeral? Probably not. But that's okay. I'm a close person to her, obviously, you know. Yeah. But um, I've got that little bit of distance and, um, you know, because people do go into an emotional tunnel. They do. And they say to me, I went to my dad's funeral, apparently. They have no memory of it. And you say to yourself, oh, I'll never forget this day. But you do. It just gets wiped out. The mind protects. Because it's such an, an, a distressing period for yeah. them. Yeah. And I don't take photos of distress or anything like that. Mm. I, I won't intrude on your private grief. I, I'm that much respectful. 
but sometimes just hands held. There's always something funny in a service because, you know, life is a funny thing, isn't it? And they usually bring it up something funny or, you know, hilarious in a, in a eulogy and I like to just quickly snap around and grab someone laughing or something. It's good. How did you get into it? Uh, I was taking... Like you said, your father, your father was an Anglican priest, but yes. that doesn't seem to lead into funeral photography. No, I just... I've, I've, I was... I don't know. How do people grow into things? I just like to evolve. I was at a funeral and I was taking my photos, as I do, and I thought, I could actually do this. I'm the perfect person to do this job. So I just had one of those eureka moments. Right. How do you promote it? I have an internet site, which is not very good. Maybe. Stop laughing. <laughs> give, give, us, give, us the, um, give us the plug for that and we'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, Paddy Cam Productions. Just Google that. Yeah, Paddy Cam. Paddy Beach and Productions. I don't even know my own bloody site. But basically I've gone into the funeral directors, uh, or I've, I've, it's usually client-driven. The funeral directors seem to have this big monopoly and uh, they have funeral photographers, but, you know, they take five photos and uh, that's not for me. I'm not a five-photo girl. I'm... Do you ever approach the uh, situation whereby uh, people say, listen, mum's dying, could you take some photos now and through the, um, and later? No, I haven't had that. Before I have often, but, you know, usually by the time they're at that stage, you don't want to remember that. Yeah. Um, but I have taken a, a lovely old lady, a friend of mine's mum, and um, she'd already, you know, passed away. This is in the funeral home. And I just took her hands, beautiful hands, and she was holding some photos. Mm. And I uh, just took little details. Right. That, um, that my client would remember and then I took a, a, just a general one, you know, and a, a nice close-up of the face. Do you get much She out? actually hasn't seen those photos yet. Oh, okay. Because I've said to her, once I take them, you don't have to see them, but I've got them, you know. But if, you, if you're ready, when you're ready, there they are for you. Ah, uh, because it takes time for people to process the fact that mum or dad or it whatever's does. gone. So, yes. yeah, yeah, so maybe a year or five later they yeah. come back to them. Yeah. Now, I do have another um, site called My Living Wake, where, you know, you might have been referring back to, Maybe you know, I was. Maybe I was. You know, you, 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 you know that the time's up, and let's face it, we're all going to do it. No one's got a monopoly on this dying business. We're yeah. all going to go there. Um, and that's just a, a chance uh, to, to get together and be with your friends and family. It can be as big or as small as you want. It be time to record your eulogy, to distribute your, your will. Okay, so you actually get together with people before they die? I do. Okay. I haven't got any clients yet. <laughs> but people so, are dying to meet me. <laughs> So this this is uh, this is an idea of yes. of having a living wake. Yes. Okay. Th- I've got one sort of potential client, but they're all in denial at the moment. Right. So, right. Because um, somebody has to be prepared to turn around and do more than just write a will. They actually have to say goodbye. Hmm. That's right. And it's a big step, you know. It's a big step. But I, I truly believe that as humans, we we need to challenge ourselves and we need to take that risk and we need to step off that step, you know, and. Look, two things are going to happen. You're either going to fly or fall, one or the other. Mm. So um, you just need to, you know, as a person, you just need to grow and, and, and dare yourself, challenge yourself. Mm. Mm. How do you approach the concept of your own personal death? I'm quite looking forward to it. <laughs> I've got a big party planned. I've sold my children lots and lots of flowers, show all of my photos. I said, you'll be there for three weeks showing all my photos. Right. Right. I'm going to have... Coffin up one end, okay. band down the other, and I expect everyone to cry hard and dance well. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you're you're pretty comfortable with it? Oh, it doesn't worry me. Okay, okay. Do you think that helps you to be able to deal with dealing with other people? I guess. You know, really, unless it's a really tragic um, situation, most people are aware that they're going to go, and the family honour them. 
they have a great send-off. I've got the photos, tastefully done, you know. Um, they have a great wake. Everyone's relieved. It's a burden off their shoulders. Um, I really haven't been to a funeral where it's really been um, a bit over the top, although I did have one Vietnamese woman who nearly threw herself in the grave, and that was huge. Oh, that you'd, was, have, you'd want to have the camera going that was hardcore when that's Boxing Day Eve, they rang me. I was up in Richardor, and so I had to come down from Richardor to Brisbane, and they had this huge um, Catholic uh, mass on the Friday night, which they said would go for an hour, but really went for about two and a half hours. And then the funeral um, was the Saturday morning, and they said again an hour, but really went for about three hours. Right. To the point where I'm like, can we just bury him, please? You know, yeah. we all have a life. <laughs> need right. to he's move got, on. He's gone and we he's need gone. to go. <sighs> Getting tired. So, uh, but this woman, yes. Uh, I was kind of watching her thinking, uh, if no one else lunges forward, I'm going to lunge forward with my right hand and just grab her by the collar because she cannot fall into this grave, you know. Yeah. It's just not on. But that was huge. And that was an open casket. And they had a man videoing as well. Right. And I said to the funeral directors, oh, very interesting. I said, and this this bloke was really in the casket. And I said, am I expected to do that? And I went, oh, yes. Oh, yes, the Vietnamese love their photos of the deceased. I'm like, okay, just need to know. Just need to know what the brief is. So I went in and, of course, it's mass. And we're about to do the blessing and the communion. I'm like, oh, gosh, I can't shove forward now in front of 300 people. It takes a lot of guts, to be honest. And, uh, and anyway, this video bloke, I said, I haven't got the photo of the deceased. I went, oh, you've got to get that. I'm like, yes, I know. And so after the, quickly, just, just right after communion, he sort of grabbed my arm and I whipped it and went bang, 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 which was great because I don't blink. You know, it's good. <laughs> and no, then no, they're, they're later, faced, I, later I sort of calmed down and, you know, and got some lovely ones. He had beautiful rosary beads, so I got some lovely, you know, nice little hands with the rosary beads and nice. I liked it. And I did a book for them. They loved it. What about the flip side of this? That once people die, it's all about living for the rest of us. You know, we move Mm, on. Exactly. How valid is it to actually do the in-depth memorial side of, you know, and hanging on, okay, you've got the grieving process during the actual service, but then you've got this stuff that lingers, the, um, the memory of them dead. You know, sort of hanging on to death rather than moving on oh, into yes, life again. Find... Do, you think, do you think there's a problem Well, there? it's our obligation to march on stoically, isn't it? That's into right. our own death. You know, yeah. it's our duty well, as a our, generation. Into our life and exactly. then death at the end of exactly. that, yes. yeah. um, And as for lingering on, no, not really. It's, you know, if it's a funeral book, they can put it on the shelf. If it's a DVD, they just put it back in the cover. Or, or bring it out once a once an anniversary, you know. Right. I'm hoping that on, on um, my friend's mother's first anniversary she'll be able to um, bring herself to watch the DVD. And right. she'll see how nice it is, you know, nice gentle dissolves and the appropriate music and so on. She'll be happy. She's, she's built it up into be something in her head which doesn't exist. So What's been the general reaction by most people after the fact, when they come back to have a look at it? Love them? it. Love it. And the funeral director say, Patty, this is stunning. I'm like, I know, I do good work, you know. It is stunning. I mean... Why wouldn't you be happy with that, with your, with your family? I've got all the right moments. I've got all the rallies. Uh, it's tasteful. It's discreet. You know, it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice tribute. Okay, so you've said that you, you came to this because of, you know, initially your father was an Anglican priest, so you probably saw a few funerals in your time. You come out of radio. Is there a connection there with the radio, do you think? Mm, pros- possibly not. 
no, what, I'm, no, what I'm thinking about is, you know, it's the whole pr- production. You know, yeah. it's pr- producing media. It's a well, different it is, type of it media. Is. And I am... I'm a little bit in your face person, aren't I? Yep, you know, you I'm are. not. A, I don't do shy, really. Well, I've actually known you for a very long time. I remember you back in the '80s. Oh yes, on the radio. Do I owe you money, or have we slept together? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and well, we could take that somewhere. Be good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I remember. You, I remember you occasionally turning up on. Um, uh, local ABC radio. Yeah, um, Peter Dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's why I put you here as producer, because I remember you in the background, and you'd occasionally stick your face into the microphone, and you know the, you were larger than life. So when you turned up on Twitter a few months back, or when I finally found you, I was like, oh, "Hello, I know this name." Yeah. Um, and then I went and dug you up, and I found that old bit of audio. Was a video involved that where you actually climbed up the Story Bridge? Oh yes. <laughs> Way before the bridge climb was happening. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was that was. Actually, good to listen to. So you know, you're not quite shy, shy, shy retiring type of person, are you? Not but, at all. But comes with the youngest of being yeah, five. So tell, <laughs> youngest, okay. So tell us about the media world. You know, I just love that. That was a great little job. You're not for in me. it now, are you? No, I'm not. No, yeah. but for me, I'd get up early in the morning. I am an, an early riser anyway, mm. and um, I'd go and, and do my first cross with Peter. Morning, Peter. You know, hi, Patty. What's the plan for the day? And um, and then I'd go and have my little adventure. And Peter never wanted me to be trained or to be sounding too professional, which suited me just fine. And, um, and so the whole criteria was a housewife having an adventure. So it was good. Okay. And so it had that regularity and that um, sameness, on, on but every, every day? day was different. Oh, some, you know, three or four times a week, depending on what was happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you were very much a reporter for yeah, Breakfast Radio. that's right. I've hung out of... Oh, I've been strapped to a five-point harness in a caribou. I've sat in an F-111. I've climbed the Story Bridge. I've walked under the Brisbane River and the sewerage pipes. Um, oh, so, you know, look, I've just done everything. And we'll cross now to our reporter on the ground. Yeah. Sort of underground, <laughs> overground, wherever. And, of course, yeah. those days, you know, mobile phones weren't so big. So uh, when, I, I don't mean big, that? they were huge. Yeah. Well, I, uh, let me think. This is early 90s. And so there was a lot of um, technical issues sometimes. But Peter Dick told me that I needed three things. I needed a wit, which I thought I had. Yeah. I needed front, which I'm in your face, and I needed a voice. So um, how did so you, those things just all came together. How did you get that gig? Jesus, it's a long story. Now, a um, hundred years ago on um, radio, they had a competition. Do you want to go to the football and host the footy one night? And my husband dobbed me in. And so I wrote a letter and said, yes, and I can even breastfeed on air if there's a, you know, because I was, I was a young mother. And so he thought that was funny, so I went off the football. It's my first football match of right. <laughs> Jerry Collins. Oh, what happened then? I, I think I dropped something into 4QR one day and, and Peter Dick was there, so I, I pinned him up against the wall and then he asked me about 100 questions and then rang up the next day at um, the kindy I was chopping up my apples with and offered me the job. Wow. And I thought I would be mad to say no. Yeah. You know. So how long did you do that reporter gig for? I was there for six years, all told. Thought it'd be a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to contribute a lot. Um, I was there for about four and a half years, paid. But for about eighteen months previously, um, you know, they you know ring up now when people ring up and go, well, I think it's a dog, or and I thought, oh gosh, everyone talks, so I'll sing. You know, I'm a bit of a singer, yeah. so I'll sing. I'll you know twist it a bit. You know, think outside the square. So. Poor old um, producers got used to me ringing every day. And then they got to the stage where they would ring me and say, quick, quick, Patty, we need a song for this. I'm like, really? Okay. So I would write a song and, you know, 
whatever. So that's how that came about. So when when I did this radio thing, and then it all just it all just sort of fell in. It was good. So it sounds like you're a bit of a radio saviour. They pulled you in to get them out of sticky <laughs> situations. Let me tell you, in Kath, we rated our little socks off. Yeah. I, I remember. We that. were about half a half a point behind B105 in our day. Yes, never been beaten. Ah. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember those halcyon days with um, Peter Dick and that. And I used to have car accidents, you know. I'd, I'd be giving out movie tickets in the days when we could give out movie tickets, and next to me there'd be this crash, and I'd peep, and I'd go, "Oh my god!" And there'd be people who would be rubbernecking and uh, you know run into a, a parking sign or something. What's the world of radio like? Most of us don't really know, and and it's changed too because it's become incredibly commercialised, and with the internet staring down um, the gunnels of old media, it's mm. all you know, falling apart and morphing and changing. What, what was that media back in 20 years ago, 10 years ago like? Uh, was it a good time? It was great times. Loved it. Although, you know, you had to be very careful. You couldn't say Courier Mail on the ABC. You had to say the morning newspaper in Brisbane. Oh, really? Because, because ABC being, and for anybody national, mm. uh, the ABC is Australian Broadcasting Corporation, which is government funded, so you're not allowed to promote no, any products. No, cannot plug a thing. Yeah. And uh, once I was on holidays up at Nara Inlet uh, on the wet Sundays, and I rang Pam, my producer at the time, and I said, oh, you know, we're flying back tomorrow, and what's the story, you know, any jobs lined up? And she said, it's Patty, it's Patty! And I'm like, oh, she's so excited to hear from me, how exciting! And anyway, they were running around, and they'd apparently organised that me knowing for me to fly to Singapore overnight to come back on the first Qantas plane, you see. And so I had to ring the neighbour quickly and see if my passport was still valid. And so we, we flew back from the Sundays, packed up, threw the kids into someone's arms and off I went to Singapore for 24 hours. And when we flew back in, they'd done some patch with um, Sydney ABC Radio to actually speak to the pilot and myself and Peter Dick in the studio all at the same time, cost a fortune. And it was a lot of work and a lot of energy and engineering know-how and While so you're on. While I was in the air, this is all happening. Yeah. But meanwhile, um, we came in so quickly because my neighbour was a, um, a pilot with Ansett in those days and she told me that Ansett were going to try and beat the Qantas jet in. Was this the first aircraft coming from this Singapore? This is the first aircraft because apparently, this is a long story, sorry, Follow me. When Ansett took a plane to Japan, Qantas upstaged them with the painted plane, with the Aboriginal dot painting. Yes. So Ansett were going to get Qantas back by beating them in from Singapore. But we had inside information because my neighbour, thanks Lorraine, and uh, to cut a long story short, we came in like an hour early. The pilot said, right, we're leaving now, everyone on board, and uh, we ran quite low on fuel. <coughs> <laughs> coughing fit and anyway so we came in early and meanwhile I'm like oh, guys we're supposed to go to air like they've spent a fortune you know patching all this through to Sydney blah 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 and we'd, we'd just about landed so I had to had to go to air after we'd all landed which defied the whole bloody point so and, the idea um, was to pretend that you were still in the air flying no 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 oh. nothing everything was real didn't pretend anything but um, but I said Qantas, and didn't I get into trouble? Oh, can't say Qantas. I had to say on the national. Oh, I was like, oh, my Lord, yes, you know, with the red logo. It's like, oh, I got in, in trouble, and I, d- I think I just burst into tears. I think I was just so tired, you know, mm. and I was just like, that's just the last straw. Mm. So it was difficult days for, and it will still be like that now. You know, they're just totally anally retentive, and they need to be, I guess, about brand names and so on. You just can't 
you know, well, get mention per- anything. They get persecuted every time they step across that line. Oh, they? yes, yeah. You know. People say to me the ABC is biased, and I, I just look at them and go, actually, you don't know what you're talking about. They're not. They're very fair, and, you know, they have to be. It's their funding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I personally love Artie, you know. I think the ABC does an amazing job. I think what they do on a shoestring is very good. And I like how they've embraced new media. You know, they've now um, podcasting a lot of their stuff. They've got RSS feeds mm. and uh, they've got, you know, websites and blogs. And well, the only tele- None of that happened, of course, when I was there. The only television I watch is what I've started watching the last couple of months, which is iView, which comes down over the web. Um, you know, repeats of all the ABC programs. It's the only stuff I ever listen to yeah. watching nowadays. So, yeah, no, I think, I think the ABC is a tremendous organisation. One of the few organisations in the world that is still, you know, publicly funded government you know, like CBC in Canada and, you know, there's nothing in the US. And, no. You know, the Beeb and Oh, we really UK. need to protect it. They, oh, they yeah. just do such an amazing yeah. job. They really do. Yeah. But it's interesting, even the last 12 months, Spencer Housen's been saying about uh, the webcam, the webcam, the webcam. And, um, and now he's talking about um, Twitter. So, you know, they're evolving. Uh, and then it was the blog. So you, you find if you listen, he doesn't really mention the webcam much or the blog for that matter but he's constantly mentioning Twitter. So they are trying to keep up and embrace, and they've got a Facebook site now and so on. It's good. I do feel sorry for the poor old consumer, though. It's oh, Sometimes you just look at it and just go, what am I actually going to look at? And now with digital radio coming, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, I know it's great, blah, 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 and rewind, and you know, but oh, so much choice. Mm. Do we really need it all? Oh, well, that's right. You and you can be overwhelmed with too oh, much choice, can't you? Exactly. And I have people who come up to me, you know, I had a fellow last night who's got an iPhone, he's got iTunes, of course, and he said to me, how do I get your podcast? And I thought, wow, you know, you've got it. Yeah. You, you just don't know you've got it. No, that's right. You know, yeah. and We're doesn't. all learning, aren't we? Yeah, that's mm. right. Well, I had a webcam site for many years. I was a webcam girl. You had a webcam site. I did. I've seen that's these. That's why I call paddy cam. Yeah, I've seen that. They're normally um, hidden behind a firewall that you're not safe for work. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got my lipstick on and my clothes. <laughs> ah, so it's not one of those sort of webcams. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. So my me... mother looks at it. <laughs> so what? tell me about the webcam site. Well, actually, I've just closed it, so it's a bit of a non-event, isn't it? But I had it for nearly 10 years. Yeah. And I had a, uh, a group of little international people that would follow me and, you know. And where do you have the camera set up? Oh, just in my kitchen. Oh, OK. So if I was cooking, I'd just put the cam on. I'm like, it's no big deal. And if someone wants to sit, you know, like, I'm getting on with my life. But if someone wants to sit in their room on their computer and watch me cook, hey, knock yourself out. Did you develop a community? Oh, yeah. 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 How did that work? How did that Well... You know, I found this thing called a tag board, so I put that on, then someone would answer, and so I'd answer them, and, you know. So eventually, you know, you get your regular things, and we started emailing backwards and forwards, and they keep on visiting, so I was like, mm, okay. And, uh, yeah, it was great. We were all still in contact. So it's a blend between, say, a, a pen pal and Skype. It is, in yeah. In a way, yeah. you know. And I found, a lot of my, um, I found a lot of my friends on, online were, um, you know, in wheelchairs or uh, incapacitated in some way, and so I was their little link. And so I would upload a song of the day for them and, you know, this, that, because they weren't very um, computer literate, um, but they could find me. So um, I would sort of, you know, show them the latest links I had or, you know, just sort of uh, gently bring them into my world, but into the outside world as well, you know, introduce them to new things. And so I, I taught them how to Skype, but I taught them how to, you know, blog and so on. So, no, it's good. So when's that, about 98, 99? Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, when I'm 50, I'm going to close it, so... I closed it on the night of my 51st birthday, right. sobbing, absolutely sobbing, 
It's like cutting off my child. But it was releasing too, you know. Yeah. Thank God I'm free, free at last, you know. Did, what, did you find it a bit of a burden, did oh, you? Oh, yes. After a while it just becomes a choice. And then Facebook was there and Twitter and all this sort of stuff. So it's like totally over it. Well, see, We'd all outgrown well, it. Well, that's what I'm sort of thinking. You know, you would have been there right at the beginning before social media. had yes. Long before social media had yes. arrived. I'm enjoying a time off now. Well, yeah. But you, I feel but like you, I'm on holidays. But you were one of the pioneers <laughs> of social media in a well, lot of ways. Kind of was. There yeah. were a few, you know, cam, girl, you know, mm. girl cams There was Kerry there. Cam. There was Ferris Land, and they're both on Twitter now. Right. Kerry Cam is uh, now Caffeine on Twitter, and um, Ferris is Ferris. Right. Yeah, so, so those two girls, sort of, I looked at them and thought, well, if you can do that, I can do that. So, um, yeah, it's good. But there's, there's not many of those. Yeah, like I said, um, that was a concept that predates what we're all swimming in now, the social network that mm. we're swimming in. Mm. After radio, I went, I did that paddy cam. Yeah. So is this a bit of... Yeah, your extroverted extension. Yeah, you... I guess. I, I just sent an outlet in, you know. Well, I want to dance, I want to sing. Well, <laughs> well, it hasn't been hard to get you on this. You know, it's <laughs> a bit of juggling with a bit of ill health, Ill, Ill health with your mum. But other than that, it's been, yeah, you, you just jumped at the opportunity. Well, you have to embrace things, don't you? Yeah. You can't stand back and not live your life. Look at, look at us in the sunshine here. Now, we only know it's sunny because we can see shade. You know, you've got to take the good with the bad. You've got to embrace and jump in and prepare to, you know, sink or swim. You've just got to take that risk and that challenge in your life. You just need to, to push yourself. Pushing yourself, is that the whole? Is that why you went into the photography, the funeral photography stuff? Probably. Probably the more people went, ew, the more I thought, well, actually, I can do this. I'll show you. <laughs> no, I just love my photography. And I love my events. I, love, um, I just love archiving those little moments in time. I suppose when I look around, I see photo, photo, photo. You might see a courtyard, but I see, you know, 20 photos here. So I can't not take photos. I'm not saying I'm a great photographer. Mm. I'm just prolific. (laughs) To wrap up, how would you wrap up um, your little adventure for life and where you're going? Mm, I say on my my little profile, I'm a do-it-now girl, and I am. I just get on with it. And if it's right, bully for me. And if it's wrong, oh, well, I'll go back and fix it, you know. I hope. So just just embrace your life. I don't know. Just reinvent yourself and seek further challenges. And I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. I hope I never grow up. I'm having way too much fun. Is this um, the most fun you've ever had? Oh, shit no. (laughs) I think that's still to come. Ah. But um, it's certainly a a lot of good times, yeah. Paddy Beecham, thank you very much for coming on your story. Thank you.
there are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.